A reading from the Acts of the Apostles. During the night, Paul had a vision. There stood a man of Macedonia pleading with him and saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. When he had seen the vision, we immediately tried to cross over to Macedonia, being convinced that God had called us to proclaim the good news to them. We set sail from Troas and took a straight course to Samothrace, the following day to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is a leading city of the district of Macedonia and a Roman colony. We remained in this city for some days. On the Sabbath day, we went outside the gate by the river, where we supposed there was a place of prayer, and we sat down and spoke to the women who had gathered there. A certain woman named Lydia, a worshiper of God, was listening to us. She was from the city of Tyratira and a dealer in purple cloth. The Lord opened her heart to listen eagerly to what was said by Paul. When she and her household were baptized, she urged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come and stay at my home. And she prevailed upon us. Hear what the Spirit is saying to God's people. Jesus said to Judas, not Iscariot, Those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but it is from the Father who sent me. I have said these things to you while I am still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you everything and remind you of all that I have said to you. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not let them be afraid. You heard me say to you, I am going away and I am coming to you. If you loved me, you would rejoice that I am going to the Father because the Father is greater than I. And now I have told you this before it occurs, so that when it does occur, you may believe. The Gospel of the Lord. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. For the past couple of weeks, as we're finishing out the season of Easter, the lectionary has provided us with these pairs of readings that come, one from the book of the Acts of the Apostles and one from the Gospel of John. They are really different kinds of text, and they complement one another, and in a way they kind of complete one another and combine together to produce a complete picture of Christian spirituality. 
but in and of themselves, each of them uh, is incomplete. And, and so we need to do some work to understand what it is that's being offered to us in these various texts and stories. Um, I'd like to simplify matters by providing you with a couple of key words or what you might think of as the key note, one for the Gospel of John and one for the book of the Acts of the Apostles. The key note for the Gospel of John is that you may believe. The author of the Gospel of John is concerned to convince you about something pertaining to Jesus and God. It's a mystical text. Its heart is the mystery of God and God's relationship to us. And much of what Jesus has to say in the Gospel of John is difficult to understand. It's full of contradictions, uh, statements that seem to speak past one another, and statements that are just flat-out puzzling, because at its heart, it's concern with a mystery. So, but its key note, and you just remember this one, is that you may believe, right? The key note of the Acts of the Apostles was actually provided for us at the end of the reading last week, so you can all take out your notes from last week's (laughs) sermon. Um, But the story in the Acts of the Apostles last week was Peter going to the house of, of a Gentile who was uncircumcised, and eating with them. In the eyes of Peter's fellow Israelites, this was a horrible thing to do. And when they learn about it, they say, how could you? How could you eat food with uncircumcised people? Not a question that we often ask one another anymore. (laughs) Those are details we don't need to know about. But Peter tells a story about how he was led by the Spirit of God, and God revealed to him that God was active and present in the life of these Gentiles. And so the disciples say, and this is the key note, they say, God has given even to Gentiles the spirit that leads to eternal life. And when I read that phrase, it rings in my head as having been preceded by the phrase, wow. I'm so, I hear it so much in my head that way that when I read it, I'm surprised to see that the word wow is not in the text. It needs to say, wow, God has given even to Gentiles the repentance that leads to eternal life. Now, it's been a long time since anybody who identified as a Christian was worried about Gentiles. So we need to imagine <clears throat> that experience again, anew, in our own circumstance, so that we can understand something of what it's like for the apostles, these disciples of Jesus, when they realize that God is alive and active in the lives of people who were traditionally considered outside the covenanted relationship with God. Um, The Acts of the Apostles gives us several different types of person who fall outside that covenant so that we can use those different types to navigate or maybe chart a course of imagination to think, what would those people be for us today? So among the types of people whom the disciples encounter and who, through whom God expands their notion of what God's kingdom looks like and who inhabits it, we have Gentiles 
including Roman soldiers. We have an Ethiopian eunuch. Can you think of a less likely person? We also have, as in the case of the story today, women. Lydia, the, the dealer in purple cloth who is baptized and becomes a partner in the work of the early church. Now, the fact that the Acts of the Apostles includes women among the list of people who were considered radically outside the fold of God's covenanted relationship should suggest to us how radical it was for the early church to invite women into leadership in the church. So radical, I would propose, that it wasn't long before the men realized that they needed to backtrack on that one. (laughs) And it's only been recently that the church has rediscovered how radical it is for women to have a voice and leadership in the kingdom of God. And we have a long way to go on that score, right? So, in our lives then, who are the people whom we think God just can't love? God does not love. God, we know God loves us because here we are in church, right? <laughs> but there must be some So it's different for each of us. Who might it be? It might be, I don't know, liberal Democrats. You can't believe God loves those people. It might be conservative Republicans. It might be Dodgers fans. (laughs) For me, it's anybody who doesn't have allergies. I hate those people. But God loves them too. So the Acts of the Apostles provides for us a step-by-step process by which we can come to know that those people are also God's people. The steps are this. Go somewhere you haven't been before or don't normally go. Meet people who are from that place or who live there. Preferably places and people that you have just... L.A. Go to L.A. (laughs) and to Dodger Stadium and hang out and wait for God's Spirit to reveal itself among Dodgers fans, and then you can say, wow. (laughs) Wow. God has given even to those people the repentance that leads to eternal life. So then, then, and then, you may come to believe. This is, the other thing that we need to do is, is get the picture of what discipleship looks like in the Bible, because it looks different than what it has looked like in the church. For centuries, the church has really emphasized belief as the qualifying activity that defines you as a Christian person. The creeds are all expressed as statements of belief. Belief has become the determining factor of whether or not you are orthodox or a heretic. But in the pattern of revelation, laid down in the story of the Acts of the Apostles, they act first and then believe. They don't believe first and then act. It's the case, then, that our believing in Jesus and in the God whom he reveals to us is the outcome of our doing the things that are shown 
as the pattern of discipleship in the Acts of the Apostles and elsewhere in Scripture. So we can't believe first that God loves Dodgers fans. We have to go and find out for ourselves and then believe that this is the case. So I've been making fun of Dodgers fans, but there's, I heard a great story on the radio this week that illustrates this very principle alive and well in our world today. Well, perhaps not exactly our world, but in the present day. There's a story about a woman who lives in Lagos, Nigeria, in Africa. And she is the first woman in Lagos to open her own auto repair shop. She had a dream in life to become an auto mechanic. And when she had that dream, there was no such thing as a woman auto mechanic. And nobody believed that there could be such a thing as an auto mechanic, but she persevered and gained the training that she needed and convinced some men who already owned repair shops to let, give her a job. And then she worked hard to find sources of funding and to spread the word and basically sponsor other women who wanted to be auto mechanics so that she could give them paid internships in her own shop. And they come up through her program and they go out and they open their own auto repair shops. And now there are hundreds of what they call the lady mechanics, <laughs> hundreds of lady mechanics all over Lagos and Nigeria doing the same thing, inviting more women into their trade and training them and sending them out to expand the kingdom of lady mechanics, right? the queendom, I guess I should say. Now, we know that this is a story that is, uh, that is um, inspired by the Spirit of God for two reasons. The first is because of the outcome, because of the effect. Because when she became a mechanic, more women wanted to be mechanics, and she was able to make that happen. So you know that God's Spirit is present in the story because it's not just for her. It becomes something that she then shares with anybody that she can reach. The other reason that we know that this was a God-driven experience for her is because she had a dream in which God spoke to her. These are her own words. Her name, by the way, is Sandra Aguapor Ekperuo. And she is the lady mechanic, and she said, I had this dream, Jesus Christ teaching me how to fix cars. When I first mentioned it to my parents, it was a big taboo. They said, no, never. You can't even dare it. I said, but God has instructed me. This is what I will do for the rest of my life. When God takes us to that place where other people said we can't go or introduces us to those people that we've always thought were outside the fold of God, that is the Spirit of God blowing in our life, leading us to that place where our hearts and our minds are transformed and opened to receive God's wisdom that we too may come to believe. Thanks be to God. Christ is risen.